It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. My name's Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. You also can check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. And welcome to the show, everybody. We got a good one for you today. A little bit of an uh, an abbreviated version here, uh, but two big talking points that we'd like to talk about here on today's show. Uh, topic number number one here is Dalvin Cook holding out uh, for a new contract with the Minnesota Vikings. And then later on in the show, we will talk about the three title fights that were announced uh, at UFC 251. No housekeeping uh, stuff on the agenda today, so we can get right into it. Uh, And news broke on Monday per ESPN's Adam Schefter uh, that Dalvin Cook will will not participate in any team-related activities uh, until and unless he gets a new contract. And, you know, if you're a fan of the Minnesota Vikings or, or just uh, an, an observer of the NFC North, I mean, this is a really big deal. This is a really big deal. Um, it's interesting because this kind of ties into probably my strongest take uh, when it comes to professional football, that running backs, uh, they are important. They are important. The running game is very important. Uh But it goes with my number one rule in football uh, that I'll get to in a minute. Now, it was also reported uh, per uh, ESPN's Courtney Cronin that uh, the Vikings had offered Dalvin Cook a contract, but it was not deemed reasonable uh, because it was worth less than $10 million per season, uh, which is, is very interesting because that is my limit for running backs with the old running back rule. Uh, never extend a running back longer than age 29 and never pay a running back more than $10 million is my rule for running backs. Now, with with, with every rule, there are exceptions, but for you to be an exception to this rule, you would have to be a Hall of Fame running back in my mind, and Dalvin Cook is not. Uh, he's a very good running back, uh, but I'm, I'm glad to see the Vikings offer him a contract that he's worth. Now, obviously, he didn't take it, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what his market value is because I don't believe an extension is going to get done uh, anytime soon. Uh, at least I'd be, as a Vikings fan, really disappointed if a, an extension was done soon because that probably means that they overpaid him. And and, and, and listen, you know, running the, the running game, like I said, is very important. But at the same time, the value of an individual running back, pretty much no matter the running back, I mean, it's not that much, man. I mean, you could try to hold out, uh, and and Dalvin Cook's going to run into some problems with accruing a season because I think if he misses uh, one day of training camp, like if he doesn't show up on day one, uh, I think he forfeits under the new CBA uh, the right to accrue a season or something. So probably not going to go uh, very well for the old Dalvin Cook. Um, but, I mean, look, holding out, it works if you're at a prime position. Running back is not a prime position. Uh, look what happened to Melvin Gordon. This guy was wanting like a five-year, $55 million deal, and he got like two years, two years, $12 million, two years, $14 million with the Broncos. Uh, not, a, not a whole lot. Uh, really, the holdout didn't even work for uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he got, he got paid, but he would have got paid probably more if he had just stayed with Pittsburgh. 
And he definitely would have made more because instead of, you know, not getting a full season the year he didn't really play, uh, he could have also just, you know, taken a salary that year. So uh, didn't, I mean, it's hard to say it didn't work out for Le'Veon Bell because he still got paid millions of dollars, but he could, he could have gotten paid millions more uh, if he had just gone along with it. And it's, it's even more concerning with Dalvin Cook. And the Vikings are not really in an, in an enviable position because Dalvin Cook is uh, the number one playmaker on that offense. Um, this offense, I mean, it's, it's all right. It's good. It's a good offense. But without Dalvin Cook, uh, probably not very good. But this is why you invest uh, heavily in the run game. You just don't put too much, too big of an investment in any individual piece. So... Spending a third-round pick on Alexander Madison back in 2018 seems like a, a pretty smart move now uh, that Dalvin Cook might hold out. And, you know, who knows? We're in a weird time with the, you know, the coronavirus. But, um, you know, the, 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 this is why you kind of like the Falcons have done the last few years. Just every single year in, in the mid to late rounds, you just take a running back. Um, that way you never have to pay a running back. And I'm not even really for giving running backs extensions. I don't even I don't even really believe in that. But, um you know, certainly it has to fall within the rule of, of, of n- as soon as you turn 29. I'll, if, 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 you, if you're up for your contract at age 23, 24, 25, 26, I'll give you X amount of years, but the contract immediately is terminated on your 29th birthday, birthday and uh, no more than $10 million. Now, unfortunately for Dalvin, and I'm not like one of these media members who is always on the players' side, and always, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, like, like certain people at Bleacher Report who just want people to get paid exorbitant amounts of money without using logic. No, logic tells you that if you're trying to build a good team, you you really don't invest money in your in your running game. You invest draft picks, but even then, I mean, not not really. I mean, you look at the Chiefs. I, now, I, I want to say I am a fan of, of them drafting uh, a running back. I probably would not have chose Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, I probably would have chose four other running backs before I chose him. But, you know, look at what they did with an undrafted guy in Damian Williams. Imagine what they can do with, uh, you know, a, a second round, or excuse me, a first round pick as a running back. Now, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you go, well, why do we need to look at what we just did with a guy off the street? But at the same time, you can go, yeah, look at what we did with a guy just off the street. Imagine if we pimped out the offense and really invested in the position. But again, you could find guys off the street. You could streets. You could find veterans. So Delvin Cook is not going to get paid what he what he wants. Now I, I don't think he wants Christian McCaffrey money. I don't think he wants sixteen million. But even the report that he wants, like David Johnson money at thirteen million, I'd just let him walk. I honestly, I honestly would. And then you know, whether or not we resign him, or whether or not we let him hit the market, and 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 whether or not in the market he leaves, or if he resigns, Vikings need to draft a running back in twenty twenty. They need to you know take a fourth or a fifth round pick because you can find running backs really late in the draft, and it's not even the whole Tom Brady argument with you know oh Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. No, I mean, you could find plenty of running backs who can immediately get plugged into your offense in the fifth and sixth rounds. Um, so somebody somebody like Dalvin Cook, honestly, it's fine if you lose him. I know that that's a big loss, but I would rather some other team make the mistake of giving him five years, 
70 million dollars five years 65 million dollars uh I, I you know yeah we lose delvin cook but we don't have to spend you know a crazy amount of money uh with with a running back who does have an injury history and i mean just just wear and tear in, in general you know what i mean even even if you had a perfect injury history well you know by the time that that contract starts uh he'll be 26 so okay what do we give you a three-year deal so now I have you during your 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 least productive years because make no mistake, Delvin Cook is in his prime right now. Now, how long his prime extends? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I'd say he's going to be a pretty good running back for you know the next two, three, maybe even four years, but not not good enough, not a Hall of Famer that I'm going to break my rule. Um, you know, I, ideally, ideally, because here's the thing. I don't think the Vikings are going to give him a contract extension now. I don't think they're going to give him one in the fall. I think if you're the Vikings, uh, especially coupled with a report from Ian Rappaport that uh, the salary cap could go down by as much as $40 million next year, I mean, that's even more reason not to, to sign him. So I think you let him become an unrestricted free agent and then let him see the market. And the market's going to be absolutely terrible because... If the salary cap is really going down by 40, or even say it goes down by 30 or 25, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be paying him David Johnson money uh, to to sign him. So I, I say, listen, his market is as high as it's gonna get. This is still a guy who has yet to play 16 games in a season. By the way, this is a guy who uh, he's missed 40% of his games. Uh, so I mean, yeah, he's he's really good. He's a great part of the offense, but. If you look at the stats, I mean, kinda. You know what I mean? Like his 2018 year was not super great. Uh, his rookie year, his first four games were awesome. I think, I believe they were on a historic pace. But then he got injured. And last year, yeah, 4.5 yards per carry. It's you know I've seen better, but that's not shabby. And uh, you know, 13 touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty good. In especially in 14 games, but. You know, I'm not willing to, to sign a long-term extension given given those numbers and, and given what he's done for the team. Uh, I just try to, okay, I mean, either you, either you sign back for a, a more reasonable deal, which I'll get to what I think is reasonable in, in a second for Dalvin, um, or we sign a veteran running back next year for $4 million or something, we draft another young guy, and then we have Madison, and, you know, we go, uh, you know, running back by committee, which to be honest, is is the way that the NFL works now. There's not really too many bell cow running backs still out there in the league. So, and that's the thing too. Dalvin Cook, I I, I love him. He's a great player, but I don't know where 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 does he rank? He's not better than McCaffrey. He's not better than you know. Well, last year was a, a weird year for running backs. I would have said Alvin Kamara last year, but obviously, or two years ago, but. Uh, obviously, last year was a little bit of a, a downturn, but I don't know. Is he top a top five running back? I don't know. Maybe is he top ten? Yeah, for sure. But not not really somebody I, I would I would break the bank on uh, for the future. Uh, and, and you know, and the thing is too, you look at any running back that got paid a lot of money. It's just an awful contract. Like, look at the teams that have have spent money on running backs and tell me if it was worth it. I mean, I know people don't want to hear it because I know people out there, oh, I just want the players to get paid as, as much as possible. Yeah, I don't think anybody's against that, but 
you got to be reasonable here. Like uh, the Le'Veon Bell contract, absolutely terrible, abysmal. Four years, $52 million, $13 million per year for you know a, a guy doing nothing. Abysmal. David Johnson, three years, 39. Real bad. Leonard Fournette was on a, is on a rookie deal, and he's the number six uh, highest paid running back in the league when you go by uh, the total of his contract. Even that's bad. Even a rookie deal for Leonard Fournette is a terrible deal. Um, Duke Johnson, $5 million a year. That's a terrible deal. Uh, Zeke Elliott might be the worst contract in the NFL, and I don't know if people are ready for that conversation. But six years, $90 million, $15 million per year until 2027. That's honestly, that's honestly probably the worst contract in the NFL. That's so bad. That's so bad, especially considering the the decline in performance that he's had over the last year, year and a half. I mean, that's really, really bad. Um, the Christian McCaffrey deal. I mean, sixteen million dollars is a is a lot. This guy is on a Hall of Fame pace, and he's not just a running back. He's an offensive weapon, and he can, you know, what he had like a hundred over a hundred receptions last year. So, that's probably the only deal that I could say is not terrible where big money was spent on a running back. And even then, that's a brand new deal, so the deal was was not even in place last year. But, you know, for, for somebody like Dalvin Cook, I would say I would say three years, $21 million is, is what's fair for Dalvin Cook. You get a whole lot more than what you're making. Uh, you know, you, you bump up from $2 million to... And he only made $2 million. He's only going to make $2 million this year. I don't think he was making $2 million. Uh, the first three years of the rookie deal uh, with, with how the second round contract works. Uh, $7 million a year, $3 million. And, you know, I would not I would not even be opposed to making that heavily guaranteed for, for a running back contract. I'm not saying guarantee, you know, 80% of it. But for whatever, for whatever is normal for running backs to get guaranteed, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even be opposed to doing Dalvin a favor and guaranteeing you know, a, a decent por- portion of it, or making it heavily incentive-laden. So, you know, three years, uh, $7 million per year, but, you know, if you're a pro bowler, you know, and you have this amount of carries, then, yeah, I mean, in- incentives, then you earn it. Then it makes sense. Then you're not necessarily really ever going to overpay for a running back because if they hit your incentives, you know, then, then obviously they were worth it. But just just given the the current situation with Dalvin Cook, I mean, I think fans, he seems to like it here, but I think fans might have to accept that Dalvin's probably, I don't even I don't even know if I go that far, but just accept that he, he might not be on the team uh, in 2021 because I, I don't think I don't think contract negotiations are gonna go super swell for him, uh, you know, given the 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 devaluation of the individual running back not the running back position because the running game is important but the individual position uh and you know the the quarantine the the coronavirus that's going on that's you know going to destroy league revenue uh but that's about it for uh the delvin cook news um getting in here into uh the 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 b-side topic here uh big announcements today uh from the ufc from dana white uh, I think we I think we knew this for the last couple of days, but it was officially announced today that Fight Island is going to be uh, Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi, uh, which 
is interesting is interesting to say the least um especially considering some of the research i've i've done uh number one it's not really an island uh i looked it up on a map unless i'm looking at the wrong thing but it's not really an island it's it's on the coast but it's like surrounded on all sides by rivers so it's it's technically an island if you count rivers as as oceans um so that's that's interesting and also Abu Dhabi uh in July I believe that's the second hottest month in July from a report I was reading earlier uh so that's interesting I mean you know we know about how hot it was uh at UFC 242 in Abu Dhabi when uh, Khabib fought Poirier uh and that was in September that was in September so uh, in the middle of the summer, in the middle of July, uh, they're going to put fights on in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I, I guess the good thing is, I, I don't know how far ahead Abu Dhabi is time zone wise. I'm going to say they're 10 hours ahead of us. So it's, I mean, it's probably going to be the coolest time of the day. Cause it's going to be like, I don't know, four in the morning when they're fighting. I have no idea. I'm really bad at time zones. But um, it's it's going to be really hot. And, you know, you, you listen to some of the fighters talk about you know, the experiences of fighting at UFC 242. Ah, man, like, you know, stuff in the octagon is melting. It's really hot. You know, I, I don't... I, I assume they could put AC units in it, but if it's an outdoor stadium on the sand, like they were saying, I don't... I don't quite know how uh, how that's all going to work, but that's that's going to be very interesting from a logistical standpoint. See, I would I would just like a documentary on on Fight Island, you know, and cuz you know, they've been talking about Fight Island for like 3 months. So I want to know about the negotiations cuz I think we all were thinking, at least I was thinking, oh, Fight Island. I, I guess we should have known. Honestly, I'm I I I feel like not that I was duped, but like Ah, we should have known it was it was Yas Island, because they they just signed that deal last year to have a bunch of fights in Abu Dhabi. Um, I don't I, I don't know if this is currently the deal that they're exercising. But this might be separate from the the deal they had with you know bringing like one pay per view a year to Abu Dhabi, um, or whatever the 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 fine print was on that. Um, but they're always you know in the the the. the Abu Dhabi people, these are the same people like the Saudis, uh, I guess just a lot of those rich countries in the Middle East, where they'll just build a stadium for a fight. You know, like that stadium for uh, Joshua and uh, Ruiz. I'm pretty sure they just built that stadium just for that fight. The the 242 fight, I mean, they built a stadium just for that. They built a stadium just for UFC, oh, I want to say 112, the one with Anderson Silva and Frankie Edgar on it. So... I guess we should have known. I would see. I was thinking it was in like the Bahamas or something, or you know, some some place in the Caribbean. Um, that would have made a lot of sense, but uh, not exactly the tropical destination. I think we all were we all were thinking, but um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how this all works out. And um, you know, because I, I guess I thought log- I guess I thought logistically with an island, like oh, we're gonna have to build up infrastructure all by ourselves. Uh, but this must have been r- relatively easy, all things considered, you know, building stuff in Abu Dhabi where they're building new buildings, you know, all the time. Uh, but the other uh, big announcement was there are going to be three title fights 
for the UFC on this 251 card on July 17th. So a little more than a, a, a month to go. And it's, turn, it's turning out to be a, a, a low-key stacked card. I mean, we're, we're going to have some international fighters uh, fighting on this one. And it was announced Kamaru Usman will be defending his welterweight title against Gilbert Burns. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky in the co-main event will be taking on Max Holloway in a rematch. And Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo are going to fight for the 135-pound uh, belt as well. So, I mean, that's just naturally big because I think the UFC has only done th- four or five cards that have ever had three title fights on them. Um, 245 did with Covington and Usman. 214 did with Jones and Cormier. Uh, 217 did the, the, the card that was headlined by Bisping and GSP. And then the 205 card... The first one at Madison Square Garden, uh, that one had three title fights on it. And I might be missing another one. So four, four or five or six uh, have ever had that. So that this is this is very big news. And, you know, honestly, outside of the lightweight title, those are the, those are the three most cracking divisions in the UFC. I mean, there's no division deeper than welterweight. 145 is getting incredibly deep. And 135, I mean, we just saw last Saturday at UFC 250 how how unbelievably stacked with talent and not only talent but young talent so I mean these are three of the premier divisions not to you know not to crap on 185 or 205 or anything but you know those those are real real premier divisions um and just some you know some initial thoughts here I mean you know the 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 booking of Gilbert Burns I think over the last couple of days we all knew this was coming you know, didn't didn't seem like Masvidal was was going to work out the contract or wh- whoever, you know, had trepidation whether it was the UFC or Usman or whoever couldn't get that deal done with Masvidal and his team. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, it, but but it, it will be interesting to see what Masvidal does next. I mean, you know, he's been saying he might be doing that rematch with Nate Diaz. I have no interest in watching him fight an average UFC fighter, but uh, that might be what's next for him. Uh, maybe. Maybe because he didn't get the Walter Waite title shot, maybe he takes on McGregor. And then, if you know, the winner of that one will take on Usman. I think that's a possibility uh, in, in, in my fantasy land. I don't know if that's, you know, too, real, too realistic, but you never know. Um, and, Gil, you know, Gilbert Burns, it makes sense. He's the, he's the number one contender on the NSS ranking system, uh, especially following that, your, uh, uh, following that win over uh, Tyron Woodley. Uh, so it, it it makes sense from a division standpoint. Uh, I think we all knew that um, Volko was going to rematch with Holloway. Uh, I guess we just didn't know when. Uh, I believe 251 was supposed to originally be in Australia, so that might have been something they looked at for a long time. But obviously with the, uh, the Rona, they can't do it in Australia. Uh, so that makes sense. And, you know, I, I didn't think it was ever really realistic that it wasn't going to be that matchup. And, uh, the bantamweight division again. We've kind of been prepped for Jose Aldo getting a, a title fight. We've been prepped for uh, Piotr Jan uh, also getting a, a title shot for pretty much the last month. Um, I think it's incorrect. I don't think Jose Aldo. I think. I, and again, I want to preface this by saying I thought Jose Aldo beat uh, Marlon Marais. I thought he did. 
But it was close. It wasn't a robbery. It was close. But I don't understand why Jose Aldo, after having zero wins in the division, or even if he just had one, why does Jose Aldo get a fight for a title at bantamweight? I, I was saying, you know, you look at Sterling, he took no damage at UFC 250 versus Corey Sandhagen. Why not, th- why not throw him in, you know, five weeks later in, in a title shot with Piotr Jan? Aljamain Sterling is the number one contender, according to the North Star Sports uh, rankings in the bantamweight division. Piotr Jan is number three, so I don't think anybody really disputes Piotr Jan being in, in the title fight, uh, but man, it's got to it's gotta be Aljo. It's got to be Aljo. To be honest, I would, I would rather it be Cody Garbrandt than Jose Aldo. Cody Garbrandt's ranked number four, Aldo's ranked number six, and at least Cody Garbrandt's on a win streak. I mean, I know he lost three in a row before then, but at least he had one of the greatest knockouts in the UFC history, and at least he's on a win streak. So, I don't know. But it's going to be a great fight. Uh, I I guess I'm just kind of poo-pooing how we got to this great fight, but, you know, considering that uh, Fight Night I versus Calvillo is going to be the worst card in UFC history, uh, I guess I'm not going to complain about seeing Jose Aldo fight in a a bantamweight title fight because I know he'll bring it. I know it'll be a good fight. Um, obviously we'll have the, the, the preview show, you know, whenever, four weeks from now. Um, but I'm certainly leaning towards Piotr Jan, uh, to win this one. Uh, but you also look at what the main card is, uh, and I'm sure it's subject to change, but we also have Paige Van Zant uh, uh, in her re- uh, return fight with Amanda Hibas, which will be interesting. Uh, I don't really see a way, uh, PVZ is going to win that one. I think Hibas wins that handedly. Uh, and we also have the return of Rose Namajunas in a rematch with Jessica Andrade. So, I mean, so far it's turning out to be a really good fight card, and that's just the main card. You look at the prelims. Now, fingers crossed, because I really hope none of these fights fall out. But we have um, uh, Frankie Edgar making his bantamweight debut versus Pedro Munoz. That's a fantastic fight. That's a really good fight. And we also have at 205 Volkan Uzdemir taking on Yuri Prochaska, um, who I've known about for a little bit, but I was doing more research on this guy uh, last night. Ah, a lot of people think this guy is going to be a title challenger at at 205. I mean, 26-3-1, he's the Ryzen uh, lightweight champion. And I was watching some of his highlights, and, you know, fair enough, man. They're, they're his highlights, not his lowlights, you know. But, man, they're, they're pretty good. This guy is interesting. And you can also tell, I mean, they have they have big hopes for Prochaska because to get thrown in against Volkan Uzdemir in your UFC debut, a guy who fought for the title against DC, uh, tells you they don't they don't think Yuri's a punk. They they think that he's the real deal. And I mean, if he wins, in my mind, in North Star Sports' mind, especially in, in our awesome rankings. He, he takes Volkan's spot in the rankings, and we have Volkan currently at number seven. So this guy, if he beats Volkan, and probably and probably also in the UFC's actual rankings, which don't mean anything, which is why North Star Sports has rankings, he'll be in the top ten immediately. You know, so then he's just a, a win or two away. I mean, I, don't, I hate to play matchmaker here before a guy even, you know, takes a step into the octagon, but... You know, if he beats Volkan and then he, if he comes into the UFC uh, and, and 
maybe he beats Glover or, or, or Corey Anderson or Jan Blachowicz. I mean, he's he really he really could just be two fights away from a UFC title fight. You know, a lot of people have have high hopes for this guy. Uh, as UFC 251 is looking uh, increasingly stacked, which is awesome, because uh, like I said, we've been spoiled lately. Lots of great fights, probably uh, lots of terrible fights coming up this Saturday. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N. And be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.